everyone to the Excuse Me Podcast. I am Vicky Guerrero, your host of the Excuse Me Podcast. This week, guys, I will have you laughing and you are going to want to check out these two gentlemen uh, whenever they tour your neck of the woods. Please welcome Dustin Sims and Jesse Payton. They are hilarious. They are raunchy. And I guarantee you, after hearing their interview, you are going to want to buy your tickets and check out their show. So sit back, grab a beverage, grab a snack, and I'll see you on the other side. It's me! Hey, everyone. This is Vicky Guerrero. You're on the Excuse Me Podcast with your host, Truly. And today, guys, I have two of the funniest guys I had uh, Dustin Sims before on my podcast. The audio wasn't too great. I went to go see a show, brought on his partner, Jesse Payne, and we're going to have fun today, and you guys are just going to have a blast at all the white trash talking they're going to do, and I guarantee you're going to have fun. So welcome, Dustin and Jesse. How are you? What's up? Good. How are you? Thanks for having us. Yeah, I I am truly a fan of you, Dustin. Like, I am just, I've told everyone, I'm like, you guys got to check out his show, like, they were, uh, they saw my poster, like, wow, that looked like a fun show. Like, you froze your ass off, but you forgot about the cold when you started drinking and laughing with your show. Right. It was cool. People were bringing in fucking heaters and drop cords. Like, people came prepared. It was crazy. Yeah. I, w- I didn't come prepared. I wasn't. When you said that we're, we're going to be outside, it was like two hours before we went down. I'm like, oh, well, fuck it. Let's just do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so, all right, guys. So, you guys are touring right now in all the comedy clubs throughout the United States. It's called Blame It on the Bourbon Tour. And I just have to say, it was such a fun show. And um, I want to try and individualize you both so my fans can get to know both of you. Uh, Dustin, you were on my show before and you did an unboxing of Adam and Eve, which was spectacular. And I'm so sorry the audio was, it sounded so weak and it was horrible. But it got the word across that everyone did love your show. Um, where are you from? And tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, I'm from Muscadine, Alabama. We've got like 14 people that live there. Ten of them are on crack. You know, my family's the only one that really made it out. Well, half of us did. <laughs> um, I live in Oxford now. It's pretty cool. But, um, I, yeah, I just started making videos, you know. I started on Snapchat in the work parking lot. I worked at Honda for nine years people tell me that was crazy and it kind of just blew up and it's just it's been a wild ride you know now i'm doing live shows and it's still new to me but it's fun as fuck you know it's way better than putting together on the ridge line yeah you know your instagram is really funny with your fisheye filters like those are the funniest shit ever oh thank you thank you, thank you. <laughs> we need to put like a big fish lens on your show and that way people can see through there when you're talking <laughs> Yeah, when people show up pissed. They're like, they're mad. I don't really look like that. Some people are like, they really think I look like that. And I'm like, look, I don't know what to tell you. They're like, where is it? <laughs> Where's the face? I'm like, you could take some acid before the shows. I'll either start looking that way or you just won't give a fuck anymore, you know? <laughs> oh, my gosh. So, Jesse, I got to meet you two weekends ago. We were um, at the Lake Jackson show at the Wine Review. It was such a cool little place and i didn't know you were a houston native yeah i uh i am a houston native and nobody knows me i get that everywhere i go like hey we had no idea who you are but you were pretty funny so that's kind of the norm i uh i have business cards made where it says hi i'm dustin's bitch uh i get uh it's my claim to fame though i uh i get to open for dustin i get to open his comedy shows i get to open his car doors i get to open his beers 
Uh, sometimes I open his mail. So I'm his, uh, I'm his, uh, I'm his go-to guy for that. That's, that's amazing. You guys work really well together. How did you guys partner up? Because, you know, with Dustin being in Alabama and, and you're in Houston, how'd you guys get to hear of each other and who brought the idea on of touring together? It was actually me because Dustin is well known for doing the unboxing of animative sex toys. And I do the reboxing of all his used sex toys. So that was kind of my claim to fame. So uh, I would just sell the used one online, get a little markup. And that was my side hustle for uh, about six months. And then we met and uh, I had to have him sign a few of them. And we made some jokes and now I'm his tour opener. So <laughs> That's, I mean, that's amazing. So did you, were you always a comedian, Jesse? I mean, what did you do before you started in the, in the comedy place? Uh, yeah, I was always, I've, I've always been the funny guy, the class clown or whatever. And people, my mom always told me, find something you love and make a career at, at it. But then I, I had too small of a penis for porn. So jokes were the next best thing. So uh, yeah, it's kind of, I've been doing it 10 years now professionally, five years exclusively. And actually this year with Dustin, um, has been a, a huge turning point, man. Things have really started to take off. His his platform has helped me so much. Uh, he's 10 years younger than me. Uh, we He looks older because he's fucked up from Alabama, but uh, that well water out there really ages him poorly. But uh, he's been like a big brother to me in a lot of ways, man. And I hate to give him credit when he can hear me, but whatever, this is where we're at. Oh my gosh. So Justin, you said you worked at Honda. Did you, you're not working there anymore, right? Because of your schedule now? Uh, yes, ma'am. I quit two years ago. It was like the best thing that ever happened to me. It's like, it completely changed my life. People thought like I done fucked up, you know, they're like, what about your family? Cause it's all rednecks around here, you know? And it's like, you either work for Honda or you work for the pipeline and I can't lay pipe. So they're, they were like, what are you doing? Uh, but there's a part of my bit where I talk about, I went to my son's fall festival and his first grade teacher really came up to me. She was like, so what are you going to do now? And I'm like, I'm making videos. I got shows coming up. And she's like, yeah, yeah. But like for work. And I'm like, I'm making videos. I got some shows coming up. She's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know about that. But like, what are you doing for money? And I was like, bitch, <laughs> making videos. I got some shows coming up. So people around here don't really understand, but it's been a wild ride for me. You know, I met Jesse. Uh, it's funny you ask that because I was trying to get to Houston. That's my number one fan base for some reason. And I couldn't get a venue out there. And like everybody started tagging Jesse because he books a lot of shows out there. And I was in Dallas, Fort Worth at Highness Comedy Club. I'm in the green room. And their green room is like this little office. They got a, just a fax machine in there, a desk. I'm just in there. This motherfucker like kicks the door in. He's like, you're coming. You're coming with me. I was like, let's, let's go. He's so high energy. I, we work good together because, you know, he's like, he's got a fucking bottle rocket up his ass always. And I like to stay in the pocket. I'm chill, you know. But you so guys compliment each other a lot. Right. I mean, y'all's style is very different. Well, not really different, but uh, I don't know. It's just, it was very complimentary, you know, watching Jesse come on. And then, you know, of course, I knew Dustin's material. Uh, do you guys ever like have to make sure that you guys aren't going to step each other's toes? Like, you know, I'm going to talk about, I know you guys talk about dicks and, and women and all the time, but do you have to make sure that y'all's material isn't going to like sound the same? I mean, cause that's gotta be hard when you guys are just, especially impromptu. I mean, Jesse was very impromptu, you know, with the audience. How does that work with you two? 
Uh, well, that's another thing. Like Jesse's really uh, high energy. He's good with the crowd. Like he engages really well. And that's something as a newer comic, I just don't have that in my tool bag yet. I'm still gaining confidence on stage. Really? So it's good for him to come out first and like, oh yes, I'm terrified of it. Like I, I, my asshole so tight when I'm there, I'm shitting pine needles after the show. It's fucking crazy. <laughs> so Jesse, he really brings the crowd up with the energy and like, I can come out there and it just gets them ready. I like to stay in the pocket, just put my material out, take it easy. Uh, it just works really well together. I had another guy I was working with, Lenny Van Horn. He's a great comic in OKC, but he's kind of like me. He's like real, like, you know, he stays methodical. He's in the pocket. He doesn't engage with the crowd that much. And uh, Jesse come to open up a show for us, and Lenny was in between us. And I was like, you want to want to watch Jesse? He's high energy. And Lenny was like, no, bro. I'm high energy, and I was like, no, you're not. I was like, chill out. So Jesse goes on stage. He's on stage 30 seconds, and it was like a scene in the movie. I just see Lenny's head turn, look back at me like, what the fuck? I was like, yeah. <laughs> just relax. But Jesse's been good. Like, he's like a great mentor for me. He's helped me a lot. Like I'm just trying to grow in this platform. You know, like I have the social media. I'm just trying to get the stand-up aspect of it. And it's a whole different ball game when you're in front of people. Um, yeah um jesse how do you well, both of y'all i'll ask jesse how do you remember your material because like for me when i go on the wrestling stage you know i'll have a promo and i gotta remember like two minutes of material or a match or whatever's going on you guys didn't i didn't see notes or cheat notes on you guys and i was how do you remember like where you're at in your show you know what the material is and let's let's answer that first how do you do that jesse uh, I mean, there are, so a lot of times we'll sit down, um, a lot of comics will write it on a napkin and then they'll set their drink down next to it. And when they grab their drink, they look down and you don't put the whole joke on there. You might put a bullet point. You might put like, you know, whatever your joke is, uh, the, 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 the title of it. So it'll recall it. I've been doing this nine years now and working with Dustin, I think we did 40 shows last year and we're off to like eight or nine this year and we're doing it you know, five days a week, I'm doing the same 45 minutes. So it's, it's pretty methodical. However, unlike Dustin, who's like, he says, he's very in the pocket, very scripted. He works extremely hard on his writing and I'm blown away by him. The fact that he's done this for two years and he memorizes his material like he does, and he can just read it like a syllabus. It's unbelievable. The work that I just go up there and I'm like, I'm just going to be a fucking idiot for 45 minutes. And that's a lot of what happens. So I engage the crowd and I have you know, a framework that I use, uh, but it's, my show's different every time. So it's a little different. And uh, I, 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 it's, it's still mind numbing to hear Dustin say he's been doing this two years or 18 months because he works so hard on his writing. And I'm like, well, I can always just fall back on being a fucking idiot. And they're going to laugh at that. So that's kind of a crutch for me. Dustin, how do you, how do you remember your material? Cause you had almost an hour's worth on the stage. Yeah, uh, it's painful repetitions. Uh, I spend a lot of time writing, uh, and I learn like things that work on stage. I try to make a mental note, uh, and I'll keep those. I'll try to scrap older things and just rewrite it and go over it over and over and over. Just painful repetitions in my kitchen. I use my kids' karaoke mic. I, it's just <laughs> it's just a lot of repetition, really, for me. I that's what I do. I try to spend most of my time on writing. I'm not good with the impromptu stuff like Jesse. He, he's not lying. His show's different every time. Like, it's amazing to see how he engages and how quick he is on the fly. Uh, I, I'm trying to get to that level. So, uh, right now, I'm just working on my what I can, like, the structured stuff. 
Jesse, you sound, you just seem really comfortable, you know, when we're watching you, I mean, especially in your videos, like you, you can't be nervous talking about what y'all talk about, especially into yeah. a camera and then go into a crowd that takes a lot of balls. I mean, let's, let's just be honest. I mean, it, it's just you up there. I mean, this, I have like 10,000 fans If you know, if I mess up, I just worry about, you know, one of them throwing me the finger, but you guys have like this intimate audience and it's just you. I mean, how does, how does that feel? Uh, yeah, it's really like stressful for me. Uh, it's not as bad as it used to be. When I first started, my first show ever was in this old strip club. And like we show up at seven, the show starts at seven thirty. There's a line outside and nobody's at the venue. Uh, the lady shows up at like seven twenty. She's like, what time does shit start? I'm like in 10 minutes. <laughs> so we go inside, all these couches are facing each other. It's a fucking strip club. And so we're moving furniture around like it's an Ikea, like wholesale and then uh, the lady's like, how many people's here? I said, we sold 100 tickets. You said it would sell, uh, hold 100. She's like, no, this shit only holds 60. So we're like, fuck. People are like sitting on like the arms of couches. There's cum stains all over them. Like people are standing back. It's my first time ever touching the mic. Uh, Rocky goes up. He was my opener. The mic doesn't work. So he's just having to yell. And I'm like, shitting on myself i'm like man fuck this <laughs> so like, my first one was a nightmare i was like well it can only go uphill from here but it turned out good like everybody liked the show i was so scared though i remember i wouldn't look at anybody i was just looking over the crowd like and i got off stage and i sounded like a perverted auctioneer up there because i'm just like penis vagina you know just fucking writing shit off and uh, I felt so good when I got off stage. It was like such an adrenaline rush. And Rocky was like, how do you think you did? I was like, murdered. And he's like, no, it was fucking terrible. He's like, look, next time, tell them the jokes. You know, I'm just looking up behind everybody. So it's been a learning experience. But my first one, like, it's hard to really top that, you know. Let's try to get any lower. Oh, my gosh. Jesse, who are your mentors um, before you got into comedy? And what... Who attracted you to start your comedy career? Uh, I So I come from a really white trash family and my parents did not believe in censorship at all. They were 16 when I was born. So in 1988, I was eight years old watching Eddie Murphy Raw, George Carlin at Carnegie, Eddie Murphy Delirious, Sam Kinison. We, I watched it all. Uh, so those guys, you know, I really loved the, the like ingenuity and how brilliant George Carlin was. But you can't help how smart you are and I was never that smart. So like the energy and then the crowd work, those things are crutches for me in, in kind of a bad way. They help too, because it's fun, but that shit can easily go in a slump as well. So uh, George Carlin was a huge mentor. Then I watch guys now that I, there's guys, we're, weirdly, a lot of the comics that I look up to are comics that I don't like their comedy. Like Seinfeld, I don't like Seinfeld's comedy, but I love how surgical he is and how frugal he is with his words. Uh, guys like Jim Jeffries, whom I love, I love their ability to tell a story. And that's a huge weakness of mine is storytelling, standing flat-footed, staying monotone, staying in the pocket, and then just giving a story where you can just keep the crowd intrigued and entertained. So those guys I really look up to. And then there's just guys like, you know, who are legends, you know, Dave Chappelle, you know, guys that are, Joe Rogan is probably my, if I could have anybody's career, it'd probably be Joe Rogan. But uh, wow. those guys are those guys are on the Mount Rushmore for sure. Uh, and uh, Dustin, who are your mentors that you looked up to? Uh, very similar. Uh, I, 
Eddie Murphy Raw was one of the first comedy specials I ever watched, and I was just hooked. Um, I used to hide out in my grandpa's truck and listen to old Rodney Carrington uh, stand up. <laughs> I remember a kid just dying and laughing. He was fucking pissed when he would catch me. Uh, Jerry Clower, he's up there. He's just an old Alabama comic. Um, he, I'm a big fan of his work. Um, I love storytellers. Like currently, I love Theo Vaughn. I love his style. Like I feel like I relate to him more. So, so yeah, I just like storytelling comedy stuff like that. So tell me, uh, just if you want to start, did you ever have an audience where nothing was coming out of them, where it was just a hard audience, where you're just like, fuck, like, I just want to go home right now. Like, just get me out of here. Uh, okay. There, there's, it's one show. I've done 950 shows because I'm a high energy guy who engages the crowd. I don't have a lot of big bombs. Because if my material's not working, I'll go into crowd work. If crowd work's not working, I'll go into material. And I can just go up there and try to be funny or charming. And usually that works. However, I had one bomb that was worse than everybody else's bomb combined. I opened a show at a strip club and I was the only white person in the whole place. <laughs> Slim Thug, rapper Slim Thug and rapper Lil Kiki were closing the show and they had 11 comics go before me in four and a half hours it was a nightmare and i was supposed to do 25 minutes i was the highest paid comic on the bill they gave me five thousand dollars to do 25 minutes all the other comics were all black comics super high energy phenomenal talents they were flown in from everywhere and then here comes the white boy and it was just catastrophic it was beyond it was the worst nine minutes and i say nine because at eight minutes they were like, get the fuck off the stage. You're done. Because nobody laughed. I couldn't get one. I couldn't get one laugh from anybody. And it was so painfully bad. It was a panoramic 360 stage. So there's people all around me. And what you're supposed to do is find the person laughing. And I still haven't found that person. <laughs> <laughs> and it was so bad at like minute seven, I'm like pouring sweat. And I'm, my face is red, which is a huge indicator that it sucks. And one dude from the bar shouts out, he goes, boo. Oh my God. <laughs> and, and I go, well, finally we agree on something. That got like two chuckles from people. And then they were like, get the fuck off the stage. I left. They gave me a $5,000 check to do nine minutes. And I wanted to cry on the way home. It was so bad. It was awful. The, I wished a bomb on nobody. It's, it was painfully bad. Oh my God. Does yeah. Someone... So Slim Thug won't even let me come back to his concert. <laughs> Justin, what's been your worst audience? Oh, definitely Austin, Texas at the Vulcan. I had psyched myself out for that show because I was in San Antonio the night before at the Rock Box. Had probably the best set I've ever had. I had a bunch of applause breaks and I don't, you know, I was shitting on myself. I was like, wow, this is great. So I was like, I'm killing it now. The next night, literally, uh, Joe Rogan was there the next night. Ron White was there the night before. I'm like, what the fuck am I doing here? You know? And I was in my head. And I went out on stage and I was like in the middle of my first bit. It was going good. I was shitting on the homeless people outside because it's just everywhere. And uh, all of a sudden, I just forget where I'm at. My mind goes blank. I couldn't even tell you my name. And I was like, oh, shit. And I usually keep a like a notepad in my back pocket that's got like my bullet points or I didn't have it and I was like oh shit so I'm like reaching back there like uh-oh <laughs> and I was like it'll come back to me it'll come back so I'm like I'll just fuck with the crowd a little bit and it was this lady in the front row and I was like what's your name ma'am and 
she would not say a word. I'm like, okay, all right, I'll fuck myself. So I sit down on the stool and I'm like, guys, you know, I'm fucked up. I don't ever sit down on stage. So I just started being honest. I'm like, I don't even know what the fuck I'm at right now. And I remembered my closer. And uh, so I started doing my closer and I was like, fuck it. We'll do this shit in reverse. So I did the whole set in reverse. And I, it was like dead air for a minute and a half. And that doesn't sound like a long time, but on stage in front of all these people, I was. Well, that's a shook. nightmare. Oh, my God. Awful. Awful. Uh, Cam and uh, Tony was on the show with me. They were upstairs in the green room. I remember they come out on the balcony. They're like, are you good? <laughs> are you okay? I'm like, fuck it. I'm going to stay here. I'm not getting <laughs> off. But it was I, wild. I was about to pull my dick out and start beating <laughs> off up there. <laughs> now, let's, off, you know? this is so funny. Because, I mean, because, you know, if, if, if y'all had a bad night, I'm sure you, you want to hide it from everyone because the worst thing you want to do is have a word of mouth of people saying, yeah, I shit on the stage. Like, it was horrible. But what do you guys oh, yeah. think about the political environment? Because I'm conservative. I mean, I live in the country. We shoot guns. I mean, I'm, we're, you know, we're all about, you know, just having fun. How is it with you guys booking your shows? Are you looking at the conservative crowd? Are you making sure that there's nothing that's going to, like, conflict with your ideas and your jokes because the world's cruel out there and you know me and uh, my husband Chris were talking about that you know like do you guys get the hecklers in the audience that just shit on you for their political views or do you have to be very careful of where your demographics are at when y'all go to a show go ahead Jesse, uh, yeah. start for Dustin. yeah definitely um I had uh like I'm I don't care like I, I'm personally, I don't get the vaccine. I didn't get the vaccine, but I don't care if somebody did, you know, but I don't like the idea that they have to like force it, you know, and I did a venue in Asheville, North Carolina, who the week of the show decided they were going to enforce it. And they were like, yeah, you got to have a vaccine or uh, a proof, you know, of a negative test. And like it was the week of, I'd sold like 250 tickets. I didn't want to cancel the show. And I was like, so negative tests will work. And they're like, yeah. So I put that out. I was like, whatever. Well, it went from 250 people to like 90 people the day up. All right. And then we get backstage and like from that 90, only 26 people could get in because they, they wouldn't accept like negative tests from CVS or Walgreens. They said it had to be from a doctor. I was like, you didn't specify that. So I was pissed off. And like, I, I, this guy comes in our green room just cussing us out because we're shitting on it. You know, I was like, this is bullshit. Like so many people got turned away. And I, now I'll never do another show like that. I shouldn't have done that one, but it definitely is it's something you have to think about, like location, location, for sure. Um, but as far as like hecklers, I haven't had any issues with that. Like most of the, my fans, just wherever we're at, they come out, you know, like I have a pretty conservative crowd, you know. Yeah. Jesse, so how is it, do you do the same thing? Do you make sure that you have the right, you know, demographics for your show or especially with you guys touring together? I mean, it has to be a conversation of where you guys are going to be at. Yeah. Uh, I always tell younger comics this too. When you, when you commit to politic to politicizing your comedy, you're not automatically winning half the room. You're automatically losing half the room. Cause if somebody's super conservative and you say, fuck Trump, it doesn't matter what you say after that, your set's over for them. Now you still have to be funny to the other side. Well, personally, I lean, I lean right. Um, 
I'm, I'm, I'm more in the middle. I just don't care. I was, I'm a felon. Uh, I, I don't care about immigration. I, I own a gun, but I can't own a gun because it's illegal anyway. So I don't vote because I can't. So none of it involves me. I don't care. Um, but when it comes to comedy, you have to be real careful. I toured with Chad Prather, who is coined the political. Yeah, he's the political cowboy. So when I would work with him, it, comedy was different because I could just go fuck Joe Biden and then you get an applause break and they're like this guy's great and then they come spend $35 on a t-shirt and I make a whole bunch of money so I'm like fuck Joe Biden <laughs> um, but uh, <laughs> I, I think it's easier to keep it Dustin and I do not we don't really do political comedy we do funny comedy that both sides can laugh at I think if we keep our own personal beliefs off the stage now in regards to like what he said with the vaccine and then the pandemic and the masks and all those things, we just shit on the goofy side. Like if you ride in a car by yourself with a mask on, kill yourself, you're a fucking weirdo, all right? And I'm not saying that as a right-leaning person, I'm saying that as an intelligent person. So that's just ridiculous. So when it comes to that, we try to find the funny in it without ostracizing one side. Uh, you know, so it, you gotta be delicate, yes, but we don't, we don't really commit our styles to that. So we don't feel it too very too too often. But I'm touring with Dustin Sims. There's not any I voted for Joe Biden bumper stickers in the parking lot at all on F-150. <laughs> yeah, you didn't find me in Lake Jackson either. <laughs> yeah, none. None. So yeah. Um, so y'all are doing the blame it on the bourbon tour. And so how long is this tour gonna last? Forever, I hope, oh. Dustin. I love you. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Uh, definitely for the, throughout the year. I mean, I'll stop in November, take a break. But like right now, we're booked all the way up to the end of April. I don't plan on slowing down until maybe October-ish. Uh, I just enjoy it. I'm trying to get better at the stand-up. Like, that's the dream. This was the end goal always for me. So I want to keep working at this as long as I can. So uh, the Blame the Bourbon Tour will definitely it'll last to the end of this year for sure. Yeah, I looked on y'all's calendar, and y'all have um... – so y'all have February 4th, y'all start in Hobart, Indiana. Y'all go to Terre Haute, uh, Richmond, Indiana, Fort Worth, Texas on the 11th of February. That's two shows, an early and a late one. And then you guys go to Wisconsin, South Carolina, Michigan, Alabama, South Carolina, and Philadelphia. And that is incredible. I mean, and that's only, uh, that's only in April. Like you didn't have the rest of the cities listed. Um, this is amazing. I mean, you guys do realize that y'all are getting huge. I mean, because when I, I posted y'all's pictures on my Instagram, all my friends at wrestling were like, where the fuck has he been? Like, I, I can't catch him. You know, we travel too. So you guys have a lot of following. And I think it's just going to be so huge. And I was like, well, you know, I know them. Like, you know, I, yeah, I have his email. You know, like, that's how close we are. <laughs> but I mean, that's how I feel about too. Yeah, I mean, it's just, you know, this is really, this is going to be huge. Are you guys going to be doing any TV shows or anything to really, you know, publicize the Blame It on the Bourbon tour? Uh, I have nothing planned for that right now. Like, it's all so new to me. It's been very surreal how quickly it's just grown. But, yeah, I'm definitely open to it. Any opportunities that come our way, for sure. Anything that could help get us out there. That's amazing. So, Jesse, um, I love your website. I mean, you both have great websites that y'all advertise. Um, what is what is your plan, Jesse? Like, what what do you see for the future besides you know doing Blame It on the Bourbon tour? Like, what's next for you guys? 
Uh, it's, it's funny you say that. Cause I did a Facebook live right before this video. And I was like, dude, I just had five things evolve in the last 18 months that independently could like carry my career by themselves. Touring with Dustin in and of itself is phenomenal. Like I could live off of that. Like, you know, I mean, I, I wouldn't have a house or an apartment, but I have a car, I could have a car and live in that, but it'd be great, uh, by itself. Um, <laughs> but, but when I own a production company, so I produce a lot of shows in Texas also, I have 180 comics that work with me. We do a lot of shows here. Touring with Dustin will probably be, like you said, you read off the calendar. I'm doing every one of those. Uh, Zach Rushing just asked me to open up for him for another 25 cities this year. And then uh, my merch line has gone extremely well at, you know, jesseisfunny.com if you want some merch for that. I, uh, it's been great. I, I, any of those things have been, you know, in and of itself alone would be great. And it's all happening at the same time. So I'm fortunate right now that I'm getting to juggle and I'm getting to turn gigs down uh, right now instead of just taking everything that's available. And uh, man, Dustin's been amazing in this and, you know, having taken me with him on this whole ride and, you know, he's not giving me 10 minutes to host, to open the shows. I get to do 45 minutes on his shows. And that gives me a chance to solidify my own following and, you know, I, that's what I'm trying to do now is build my social media. Follow my TikTok. I'm funny as shit. <laughs> I, I, just did a, I just did a dance TikTok like earlier today. So we can compliment each other. Let's do it. Let's do one together, Vicky, me and you. Yeah. We'll go viral. I'll shit on you and you shit on me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Dustin, how, um, as far as your merch, how's that going? Have you, uh, how's your website? I know Kayla, your wife, she's a doll. Like, I fell in love with, sorry, I like you, but she's, she's a sweetheart. I mean, I oh, just thought she was so amazing. Yeah. How, how uh, I mean, does she travel with you quite a bit on the shows? Yeah, she goes to all my shows. She handles all the merch. I make her do that because she's going to end up with the fucking money anyways. You know what I mean? <laughs> so I as well make her work for it. But she's the best. Like, people are more inclined to buy from her than me. You know what I'm saying? She's prettier. She's yeah. Look, for sure. But yeah, my merch, I've been trying to step that up. I always, I used to feel weird about like selling stuff or like really pushing it. I'm just not that kind of person. And then I started working with Jesse and he's got a fucking Ikea set up at the end of the shows. Like he's over here. He's got a t-shirt cannon on stage. It's fucking crazy. So, <laughs> he, it's, it's been wild. So he's really like helped me with that aspect of it. And it, we're just trying to make it work. So. You know, when I, I bought your koozies I, and you signed it, I'm like, well, how much for the autograph? You have to work these bitches at these shows. Like, when I when I do an autograph, I charge people. That's where your money's yeah. at. Like, you guys, because when y'all are dead, that's going to become valuable. Yeah. You know, I, mean, I tell my husband, I told Jesse before, like, I told my husband, Chris, like, all my shit I need to autograph. So when I die, you can cash it in and get some money for me. Like, that's how it works. <laughs> <laughs> But, um, so tell tell everyone where they can find you, Jesse, on your social media and your website. Uh, Jesse Payton, P-E-Y-T-O-N, uh, on Facebook. And Jesse is funny. I got like five Facebook pages because I keep going to Facebook jail because I'm a bully. And I say, I tell people to fuck off and kill themselves too much. And they take it literally. And I only mean it literally like a third of the time. Uh, Jesse is funny on Instagram. Jesse is funny 420 on Snapchat and TikTok. Uh, I'm, I'm really trying to focus on TikTok right now because I like young girls and I'm working on that. So uh, this is where we're at. You can find me anywhere or jesseisfunny.com, my website. And uh, if you're in the Texas area, you can't miss me. I do, I do 60 shows a year in Texas. So hit me up. 
Wow. And Dustin, where can people find you at? Uh, just Dustin Sims on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube. I don't fuck with TikTok that much. That's Jesse shit, you know. And Jesse has five Facebook pages because he posts his ass pic every Thursday. So that's that's what that. Is. <laughs> uh, all show dates and tickets at DustinSimsTickets.com. If you're interested in merch, you can go to DustinSims.net. Uh, we appreciate all the support and thank you for having us on. Yeah, you guys are so good. I I just Dustin, don't underestimate your talent because. I mean, me and my husband were just laughing the whole time. And and was for the, the first two were okay. Comment, you know, the first two guys were okay. You guys, I mean, we came for you guys and it was just so much fun. And uh we we wish it was warmer, but man, we didn't give a shit. We were like, we I needed a, a night out and we were ready to drink and have some laughs. So don't underestimate your talent because you're so good. And anything I can do, I'm happy to spread the word. This podcast is gonna go from to Mexico, to Ireland, to Germany. Uh, I'm going to put y'all's names all over the world. And when y'all become big, then y'all think of the little people that helped you guys out, okay? Hell <laughs> right, yeah. Thank you. Appreciate you. You're very welcome. Thanks, Thank you, Vicky. guys. All right, guys, there you have it. Dustin Sims and Jesse Payton, they are touring nationwide. And the tour is called Blame It on the Bourbon Tour. Please check them out. They are hilarious. I guarantee you, you will have a great time just like I did. They are touring all over the United States from Indiana to Philadelphia to Alabama to Texas. Check them out. And thank you guys for being on my show. I appreciate you too. And I look forward to seeing you on your next show that I can make it to. And also to all my fans, please like, click, comment, subscribe. Please support me on this podcast. I love what I do. And I enjoy bringing these incredible guests to you guys. So y'all can enjoy it. And if you have any questions, please email me at excusemevicky at outlook.com. And I will see you next week, guys. So everyone, take care of each other. Be kind. Have a great week. And excuse me!